Hello and welcome to the D&D 420 podcast. This is a show dedicated to helping you become a better dungeon master. I'm your host, Eric M. Hunter, and I am a struggling game master trying to tell a better story. Joining me shortly is Jimmy St. James. He is the creator of D&D 420 and an avid D&D fan with over 30 years of experience. Man, as somebody who is a fan of the spooky, the scary, the things that go bump in the night, we touch a very particular bone of mine in this one. We're talking about werewolves. One of the scariest openings to any horror movie I've ever seen has to be Werewolf from London. Ooh, good movie. Good movie. So it's creepy, it's funny, um, and it's horrific. But when those when those two friends are walking up to that town and they walk into that tavern and everything stops, yeah, werewolves scare the shit out of me. Werewolves. And we're talking about one. We're Were- talking about the werewolf progenitor. So classic, such a classic trope, and every one of the best. Of, it's one of the best. Like it's a classic D and D trope. It's a classic movie. Thing. It's a God. Classic. It's in Harry Potter of all things. I mean, it's, it's come on. It's in comic books. It's everywhere, and it's one of my favorite D and D creatures. Any of the lichens, to be honest, they're all really cool. Even the weird werebear or the were tiger that aren't necessarily chaotic evil. Um, you know, the were werewolf in the in the uh, monster manual. It, it is a chaotic evil creature. Um, our werewolf progenitor is not a lot different than that. He is also um, also evil. He or she uh, does not. It's also chaotic evil because it is a werewolf. Um, so the progenitor is a little tougher than your standard werewolf. What is a progenitor, Eric? What What is that? I have no idea. I haven't seen this word written out in English in a very long time. The werewolf progenitor uh is a werewolf except for the werewolf progenitor is interested in creating something more than just a pack of wolves together they're they're more interested in creating a society almost so and i ran a werewolf progenitor recently in my twitch game a grim harvest the dnd 420 game um and it was awesome. We had such a cool time with that. The care, the players wanted a classic D&D trope. I created the werewolf progenitor because you level up through werewolves being a problem pretty quickly. I wanted the werewolf progenitor to cause a bigger problem. You might look at its challenge rating of five and think, well, that's the same as a werebear. So it's not that much tougher. It's the idea, Eric. It's the idea of the werewolf progenitor. It is the concept of putting together something more than just a werewolf who seeks a pack of wolves or dire wolves, maybe a couple of werewolves together. It is something more. This is a society that lives on the brink of our civilization or humanoid civilization near cities, near uh, docks, near towns, any settlement. Yeah. They're gonna they're gonna prey upon the weak willed in your settlement. Yeah, that's and that's the thing too, because it's not a we we've talked about monsters before, where it's just like oh these are these monsters are specifically designed to die. They're like that's all they're just supposed to go in. They're supposed to stop the 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 team for a day, have a little fun rolling dice, and then you continue on. Whereas and with the progenitor, 
Like this is a story element. It is a story monster. element monster. It is more than what meets the eye. Kind of like Kobold. That's one of the things I love about Kobolds is there's a lot more there than what the stat sheet would suggest. If you know how to play a kobold or a group of kobolds, a society of kobolds, which they are lawful evil, they are quite good at maintaining a society, then you can have problems out of the kobolds because they work well together. The werewolf progenitor may be chaotic, but he misses having a family. He misses the societal constructs of life before werewolves or even just believes that werewolves have a higher purpose or a higher calling than what they're living their lives out to be these these packs of wolves these packs of werewolves or packs of lichen are are not that well organized their societies the progenitor societies beyond that not much better organized at all it's almost an antithesis of what the werewolf strives to be but this is a more charismatic werewolf this is a werewolf with different ideas it's stronger it's more it's more manipulative the way that they work is they will often gather followers from over time in an area they have someone working on the inside who is a werewolf on the inside of a city. In the case of the game I played, A Grim Harvest, it was a city called Brexley. And all around Brexley, these wolves descended upon it, this this um, society called Ursus. And they had little medallions and they were using a rain, an abandoned ranger's cabin as the place where they would meet. So being a little tougher than a werewolf, not that big a deal, being, having a society of wolves that work somewhat together becomes a bigger deal but like you said this is a story element this is going to be something that plagues a city or town for maybe decades they are going to have people on the inside the ursus the society that i created actually has a werebear in their midst they um, they are slavers they actually slave were boars um, they also had tigers in their employ but not as much part of Ursus, the Were Tigers. So but they kind of so they work together, or is it a is there I mean, does does that play in a factor when they come across other Were creatures? It does. If you're not part of their faction, you're viewed just the same way that two werewolves in the wild might view one another, and that's competing. Werewolves compete for food. They're chaotic evil. The, the competition, that's basically where the society makes things easier, is food is readily available and it's less dangerous to get. That's the one thing that they have going for them as joining a society like Ursus, as a werewolf being part of that. On your own, you have other werewolves to contend with. In this group, you do too, but there's so much food coming in because there's a system in place to, re to get that food, to receive willing recipients people who are willing to come to you and then that group decides whether or not they are worth turning into a werewolf or whether they're dinner so being in that area being allowed to prey upon people who come and go from these cities can be quite a problem over time and it, it grows rapidly 
if there's a dozen werewolves plus a progenitor, plus if they have any slaves in the form of werebores, or if they have allies in the form of werebores or werebears in the area, that can be extremely problematic. I mean, extremely. All right, so we, we kind of have, like, every we're, we're using the word werewolf, and obviously most of the, the pictures you're going to think in your head are, like, the, of those traditional werewolves. But you know, obviously this is something more. So what are like the, the, the things that really stick out difference-wise between the two? Other than just your normal stats of being stronger, doing more damage, things like that, they are more charismatic. They have these higher aspirations. They tend to come from a place of nobility or, or are just different in the mind than other were-creatures. If they are embraced as a werewolf so to speak if they're bitten and turned they tend to come from a place of higher learning that's that's very often the case and then this progenitor goes out into the wild because they're shunned from people that doesn't mean they don't still have the the same drive that they had in life to become a noble a powerful noble a lord a landowner a director of people someone who is responsible for many lives and this sort of no renaissance gaming world the way that's the way lords aren't just a member and in today's society a lord is just a member of society just a uh, a rank sort of it's more honorable than anything yes you own a lot of shit yes you're quite rich but back in renaissance period dark ages or prior if you were a lord it means you owned land and you would allow people to live on your land and you would pay them, tax them, be responsible for their well-being, protect them. That was all part of the deal for them to be working your land for you. That's, that's all part of the deal. So if they come from that type of society, and just because you're embraced, you don't necessarily completely change. Remnants of who you were could still be there. That might be the number one thing that makes a werewolf progenitor different is that drive for something more than just some simple pack to run with. So what are, what are best practices for playing for the DM to be playing as the werewolf? You got kind of a checklist of things that you have to think about that the book doesn't mention very specifically. The book touches on some things, you know, in the monster manual, it, it touches on player characters as lycanthropes. It touches on the curse itself, but it's all just a couple of paragraphs. Things to keep in mind, when, once someone is bitten, the book just says over time, uh, you become aware and you transform You know, with the moon cycles. And it's very classic. But how, sure. how does that happen? Once you're bitten, how does that happen? Does that happen immediately do you notice anything you know that's right you know what is the what are you feeling how long does that take yeah yeah is it instant all of a sudden you're bitten you're cursed it is a curse it's not a disease so the curse is instant but how does it manifest do you get the chance to fight it off the book says you have a, a saving throw that you make i did something a little different because i wanted it to be more pronounced i wanted there to be more of a moment of role play so I gave it kind of a set of a set series of saving throws, kind of like death saves. You make that saving throw again and again 
after you're bitten so that we can talk about it and we can role play it. And it's more so for the role play aspect than anything else. So it's, it's a way to say, I've been bitten. How do I feel? And then I have a series of descriptors of the fight within you to fight about fighting that curse. Just like any other saving throw, you have a small story. I think that lycanthropy is its own sort of thing, a little different than these other saving throws, and I believed it deserved to have death saves. So you either make make three saves or you fail three saves, whichever comes first. And obviously that could take five, even six rounds to go through. That makes it very a very interesting combat between you and that player. Yeah, because you're going to be depending on how you roll, it's going to change with like what you were thinking of doing next. Exactly. So you're you're literally in the moment. You know what I mean? Like you're you're not passively pay, playing this game right now. You're actively you're front and center. Correct. So if you if you fail a couple in a row, perhaps you start to look around you and start to get like a blood hunger. That's up to you as a DM to decide uh, that. So that's, that's kind of the first thing on the checklist to make sure that it's, it's a meaningful interaction when someone gets bitten. Uh, what does that look like? How does it happen? Also, what's the community or kingdom response to werewolves? How do they control lycanthropy? Can you be cured? does a normal cure spell it says in the book remove curse which is i think a second level spell and it's not a very expensive potion to buy that takes care of it except in the case that you were born with lycanthropy then you can't the curse can't be removed because it's it's ingrained in you it's who you are you were born a lichen you'll always be a lichen so in brexley the interesting thing when we played the Grim Harvest game. Yeah, go go into more of that. Like like how did the players react and it was it's a it's a really interesting setup because there the church was withholding these type of um remove curse potions and they weren't they weren't doing a lot about the problem outside of the city. Inside of the city they were active and they'd help people. If 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 a lichen was discovered, they'd help kill it. But they didn't readily make these remove curse available. It seemed that as our players played through the game, they started to find out that interactions that they personally had with the the city guard and lichens outside of the gate was reported differently to the people of the city. So it seemed there was almost a cover up going on about this this problem, this infestation that's all of a sudden beginning to assault the city. People are coming up missing. People are dying, but they're... That's what, so that was what I was going to ask. Was it just like the, the group just didn't feel like it was that big of a deal at the moment? And then at first, suddenly like it, it, was, un, it was unveiled? At first, the game was about something else. It was a murder mystery. People were dying. It didn't seem to be about werewolves. They encountered some creatures on the way in. I, no, I don't even think it was werewolves they encountered on the way in, but then they saw that there were bodies outside of the city and it was rumors of a werewolf attack. But when they got inside the city, they were there to hunt this killer 
who was on the lar at the large called the widower and they they were really 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 wrapped up in that when they started getting all this werewolf information it turns out that werewolves are a much bigger problem the murder mystery thing ended up just being a reason to be there it while it was interesting the werewolf thing and the were rat thing because were rats were not part of the society of ursus that was a much bigger problem it was almost like they were in a turf war and the city was keeping it quiet so that the inhabitants wouldn't be scared that was that was their takeaway now i'm not going to spoil it for my players i know several of my players listen to this so i'm not going to talk too much more about why those things were happening just that it's important for you to know what the community response are there stories is there history there of um of, of lycanthropy is is that a thing in this area do they have do they hunt them are there are the rangers trained do they know that they're going to be a problem when they go out do they carry silvered weapons those are all interesting things that you need to think about before running werewolves or it ends up being just like you talked about this is a set of stats to get yourself into for about an hour and werewolves are much much more than that thanks for listening to this episode of the D D 420 podcast for everything D D 420 related check out dnd420.com if you'd like to reach out to us you can find us there on the website and on youtube at dnd 420 lastly as always if you'd like to support the show you can do that by telling another dm about the show and by visiting us on apple podcasts and leaving a rating and review Thanks for subscribing and being a part of our work here at D&D 420. We will see you next week.